Hey, I'm Vinny. And I'm Nat. And this is the Relatively Fit Podcast. Hello. Hello. Hi. Oh, hello. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, Nat's going to ask, oh, how are you doing? And then I'm going to say, oh, I've got a headache. Because that's always what happens, right, Nat? Okay. Oh, my God. <laughs> right. Hello. Hi. How are you? I've got a headache. Oh, no. <laughs> have you taken anything? No, I haven't. I don't like taking tablets. But I think, actually, I've um, been a little bit low on my water intake. I'm really good at, like, actually drinking water. Mm-hmm. Like, I can drink about two and a half litres and Woo. it just feel like normal. And I know that's like a lot for some people, but that's quite normal to me. I've always got a water bottle. And I guess over the past couple of days, I haven't been walking with my water bottle. Why? Normal. I don't know. I think, well, mm. so, mm. but, but, mm. <laughs> well, <laughs> mm. I don't know. I can't say why. But a a lot of the places that I've gone recently over the past few days, I've not had like my bag. And normally my my water bottle just slots down the side of my bag. So maybe that's why I just because I haven't been doing what I'm used to doing. Mm -hmm. It's just made me forget my water bottle, which means that I don't drink as much as I normally do. And which means that I'm left with a headache. Oh, I'm sorry about that. That's quite all right. It's not your fault. Okay. Um. So how are you other than that? Fine. How are you? Oh, well. Well, I'm sure we'll get into how you are in a second. <sighs> From head to toe, um, the top half's all right, but the bottom half isn't. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Let's let's just jump straight into From it then, the shall we? Because I feel down. like you have a lot that you want to get off your chest. So today we are talking about Natalie's marathon experience. Yeah, marathon experience. Oh wow! <laughs> we are talking about. I've got a headache now. Oh shut. Ah, <laughs> so rude. Did you say something like this in the last episode where you was like, what was I saying? You tried to sing or something. I was and singing something and you was like, hurt. I'm falling to pieces. And then you're yeah. like, my ears are falling to pieces. You're rude, you know. I'm not anyway, rude. Everyone thinks um, that I'm the rude one. You're feisty. I'm cheeky. They got no manners. I'm cheeky. You're rude. I'm feisty or feisty. Oh, God. Give it a rest. Okay. Anyway, mm-hmm. let's just jump straight into it. We are here to talk about Nat's marathon experience. Yeah, She's finally done it. She's finally got the real, I mean, I say the real London marathon medal. Because did you even get a, a medal for the virtual one? Oh, yes. You did? Yeah. Do I, have I seen it? Yes, you have. Have I? Everyone that I know has seen it. Have you seen my medal? Really? Mm. Oh, have you seen my medal? I've got a medal. 
Have you seen my medal? I feel like I don't remember it. What? I know, this is really rude. I'll show um, you my medal. But yeah, <laughs> so she got a real medal for the virtual one. But what she didn't get was the experience. Yeah. So, um, yeah, as per rundown episode, we, we, we haven't done a rundown episode in a while, have we? No, we haven't. Well, actually, we did one for my ultra marathon. Which was July? Yeah. June? June? Well, that's July. still a couple months. Yeah. A couple months ago. It was a while ago now. Hmm. What do you want to know? Nothing. <laughs> okay. Bye, everyone. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. Um, but yeah, so this would be now your... How many marathons? Oh, um, should we count them? Because I can't remember. Like, Berlin. Yes. New York. Yes. London Virtual. Yes. London Real. Yes. Loch Ness. Yes. Five. London Virtual, London Real, Berlin, New York. Loch Ness. Did Loch you not Ness. do Loch Ness? I did. Yeah. Oh, five. So you've done five. Blimey. I know, you're <laughs> killing the game. When someone was like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, she's doing so well, isn't she? How much has she done? And I was like, well, she's definitely done more than me. So Five. Yeah, you've done five. No wonder why. I'm falling to pieces. So now you want to <laughs> see. Now you want to get involved with the script, huh? <laughs> and it even needs to Google them and see where they're at in life. Well, you know what? They were quite good. Because when you spoke about them, I was like... I'm sure they were pretty good. And they were. Yes, they were. Yeah. So, yeah, fifth marathon. Yeah. Um, And your first real London experience. Yes. I know this episode's about you. But I quickly all about just, me. It's all about you. But I quickly want to just, like, rewind to my first London experience. Oh, please do. Yes. Um, I... <laughs> well, I've done London twice. And I'm going to be very honest. I didn't train very well for neither of them. So that probably plays into why I found it to be sheer hell. Um, okay, so start with the first one because the comparison is interesting for me. Obviously, going through what we're going through. Mm. Um, we'll probably get into it a bit later, but your experience will be quite interesting to me both times. Um. Well, I didn't train properly. <laughs> wow. Is the, um, is the short answer to that. I didn't train very well. Um, so what made you... Right, so let's start from the beginning. Let's start from the beginning. What made you want to do the London Marathon in the first place? Was it a bet? Was it something you'd always wanted to do? Was it something that you thought was a natural progression? Why? Um. So the first time I did the London Marathon, I did it because... I was part of um, a youth project, youngest project, when I was running with RDC. And um, they got together a group of young people who were going to run it. And they're going to run it for a charity. Um, so I was a part of that group of young people um, that had to fundraise and then go ahead and run it so that was the reason for the first time the second time I actually got a spot in the ballot um and I guess like so that would have been the first time would have been 2013 mm -hmm. so actually I was still really quite new to the running game 
um, I'd only done maybe my first, by this point I'd only done, yeah, like two half marathons and a 10K. Um, so it was still wow. like early early days in like my my running career, my running journey, my running journey. Mm. <laughs> um, so yeah, I just don't think that I was fully prepared, and also in doing those two halves, even though I found them hard, I was like, oh well, it's just a marathon is just d- two halves together. Mm-hmm. It's just double halves, and it's like, yes. In theory. In theory, yes. But in reality, it's something completely different. Um, And yeah, it just humbled me. Um, Really, really humbled me. And the second time, I guess it was a little bit banter. (laughs) In terms of like, I got it. Andre got it. One of Andre's best friends got it. And it was just us three together for a while. Um, (laughs) <laughs> Till I left them. Ooh. <laughs> um, it's everyone for themselves, you know, isn't it? You get to a point and you're like, you know what? I'm just. I'm sorry. It just go. gets to a point where it's like, <laughs> listen, we're we're all gonna die here. I just want to make my journey to dying just a little bit shorter. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> I'm Bye. going. I'm going. Bye. I'm taking off now. I'm taking off now. See, See ya. Bye. <laughs> Um, so yeah, again, I didn't really train properly. I felt like my body wasn't fully prepared, but I managed it. I did it anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I say that, but people say, oh my God, but you still did really well and stuff yeah. like that. Um, which I did, but, um, I think in my mind it's cause I know I could have done better. Um, but again, that being said, like, regardless of what it looked like, or how hard it was, like, you crossed 26 miles on foot, that is a long yeah, way. Yeah. Um, but yeah, London Marathon, the experience, the crowds are always, like, amazing. Um, I remember my second time when I was running, um, by this point, I think I had left the guys, and I was around the vortex, which is Canary Wharf, the worst bit for me, mm. and I began crying, and this grandma was like, oh, don't cry, love. And then she wheeled herself off. She was in a wheelchair. She was like, wait here. She wheeled herself off. And she came back with a can of cider for me. She was like, have that and be on your way. And I thought that was so lovely. I just feel like everyone's so, so nice and just wanting everyone to do well. Yeah. And it's like, it's, there's only ever two times that I feel like that in London and that's at London Marathon and Carnival. It's like the, the only two days in the year in London that everybody loves everyone and everyone's yeah. like happy and so supportive and yeah, it's just nice. I really, really like it. Mm-hmm. Um, South East London is always a highlight for me. <laughs> um, it's just like ghetto, ghetto, like yeah, love it. Everybody's just out on the doorstep, like, it's just nice. And mile 21, obviously infamous cheering spot for Vandem. And then the finish line, because it's over. (laughs) (laughs) Yay! Yay! (laughs) So that's a little bit about my experience, but this isn't about me today. This is about you, because your first London Marathon real-time experience. And also, 
another medal for your major collection. Yes. Even though you did it last year, I feel like this is like the real, real one that we can say is like the one for your yes. sixth major medal collection. Yes. So just talk us through your journey from the beginning. Like, should we, should we, should we start from when I left you? Because I dropped you to the train station. Oh, yes. Okay. Right. So I get up, I make my porridge and I have to say, please don't hate me, but I don't like porridge. I was just about to jump in and say, <laughs> yeah, you made your porridge. You made your porridge because you think that every runner must have must porridge have before porridge. they go on their long run. Porridge is dead, yeah. I'm just going to tell you now, porridge is dead. It's, it's just like ugh. prison food. Like, I don't like it. And it's mushy. And then it don't even hold your tummy down, yeah. Listen. It don't hold your tummy down. I get hungry. When I eat porridge, I get hungry. Like... An hour later, I'm just like, oh, is it lunchtime? These times it's only an hour's past, you know. Well, for me, it does the trick in terms of sitting in my stomach like a brick. Like a brick. At the bottom. But the consistency, the mushy mushiness of it, like, it's a thing where people say, oh, your porridge. I mean, you can have what you want. Some people may have coffee. Some people may have toast. But you want something that's going to sit in your stomach for a while and give you a certain amount of energy. And I really don't like porridge. Um, and I know some people like eat it every day for breakfast and they chuck raisins on it. They chuck berries on it, but it's still porridge. <laughs> people be doing overnight oats and that's just no. I've no. not <laughs> tried the overnight oat situation. I right? don't want to. But I'm just like... It's cold porridge. <laughs> yeah, from overnight. <laughs> overnight. I just don't understand it. I just... Anyway, yeah. continue. So I had my porridge. Um, but it did do the trick. My stomach felt warm. I felt satisfied. I forced it down. Um, so got a lift to the station and I just said to um, Vinny... Can you give me any positive tips, any positive vibes that you can send my way? And it was a beautiful moment between us. In fact, I did a little cry. You did a small, small cry. Yeah. Um, so we're sitting in the car, the radio's on, and I said, oh, you know, have you got anything to say? Any tips or pointers would be welcome. And she switched off the radio and she said, okay, let's have some positive affirmations. And we sat down and she just told me to close my eyes. And I was just like, oh God, here we go. But at the end of it, I really felt something. Um, I know people talk a lot about positive affirmations and things these days. And I can attest to the fact that it does something to you. Well, it did something to me. And I cried. I mean, I was feeling emotional anyway because I knew what I was about to undertake and everything. And I was a bit nervous, as you'd imagine. Um, so, yeah, um, she just kind of vocalised a couple of things, a couple of sentences, you know, just saying that I'm strong and that I'm capable. And I, I think was just like... <laughs> I think I um, we took some deep breaths in the beginning. yes. yes. And then 
I asked her to, I asked Nat to think about one thing that makes her happy. Mm-hmm. And then I asked her to think about how she would like to feel when she f- crosses the finish line. Mm-hmm. And then we acknowledged that there would be hard times in the race, which I thought was important to mention because yeah, even when you have done the training or if you haven't or whatever, there's still that moment where it's like bloody hell, like I've got to dig deep. Yeah. So I thought it was it was important to not like not think about that. I think it's important to yeah. like know that it will happen. And then the things that she thought about in terms of what makes her happy and how she wants to feel at the end to draw on those things when those moments come because they're going to come. Mm-hmm. And that, yeah, just remembering things that like you've like she's done the work, that this is a celebration, that she's strong, that she's done this before mm-hmm. and that she can do it a million times over now that she knows what she's capable of and just little things like that to remember i think we forget it so that was really nice that was lovely to share. and then yeah. i kicked you out the car and said go on about your business yeah she was like all right get out now and i was <laughs> i was feeling calm i'm feeling zen and i'm really feeling warm and fuzzy inside and then she's like okay take some deep breaths and open your eyes and i did and i cried a little bit and she was like all right get out my car now and i was like <laughs> Right. Okay. So Julian, gotta keep it real in here. Yeah. Like back keep to reality, babe. Come on, <laughs> get on at Streatham Common. <laughs> get out of here. So I got out of the car, got the train, and then yes, yeah, so enjoy s- that free travel. You get free travel when you run ma- London Marathon, guys. Yes. So, but the thing is, there was nobody upstairs at Streatham Common, so I had to tap in. Oh, you tap, tap, tap in. Yeah. Tap, no, so tap, you tap, tap in. The buzzer thing. And but I thought I was going to miss the train. So I had to tap, tap, tap. Well, actually, um, it's funny that you mentioned that, going mm. off on a tangent here. But as I drove away and went back around the one-way system, mm. I noticed that there was the rail replacement um, bus stop. So I was like, oh, my God. Yes. The trains ain't running to London Bridge. Oh, yeah. no. So I actually pulled over and waited about 10 minutes. Oh, I did try you. to call you and it went straight to voicemail. So I was like, let me wait because if there is a problem, I'm sure she'll get in touch. Yeah. But I didn't hear from you in like 10 minutes. So I was like, okay, she's on the train then. So I just oh, bless left. you. Um, yeah, because I so looked yeah. at the board and I saw bus. I was like, what? <laughs> and then it said something else going to some other place. And I was like... I'm sorry for anyone who's going to that other place, but I'm not going to that, that other, other place. place. I'm going to London Bridge. So I feel sorry for you, but you know. Never mind. Yeah. So don't you've worry. got the train now. And yeah. you, you you go to you make your way to Greenwich, is it? Yeah. You go to Greenwich. So what was you what were you feeling at that point? Well, I'm sitting on the train and I'm just trying to remember what happens in the car, trying to repeat some of the things that you'd said. And I was just kind of like collecting my thoughts, trying to breathe and just to kind of calm my nerves down. Because for some reason, I was more nervous this time than I was when I'd done my first one in Berlin. Why? I don't know what it was. I feel, well, whenever you do anything more than once, you always want to improve. And being a Londoner born and bred, this had an extra special meaning because I was familiar with some of the areas that I'd be running through and it was a collection of things the terrible year and a half that we've all had so 
I had a lot of thoughts and feelings, <clears throat> sorry, going through my head. So I was just trying to keep myself calm and just relax and think about, you know, what we'd said. And these two guys got on and um, one of them said, oh, there's a couple of nervous looking people on this carriage. Mm. And he looked at me <laughs> and he said, doing anything special this morning, love? And I was like just going for a gentle stroll and he was like yeah with thousands of other people up in London and I was like yeah <laughs> and he said so whereabouts are you starting I said oh, I'm starting in Greenwich and he said oh you're by yourself have you got people coming so I said yeah there's going to be, be people along the route and I said so how about you I guess you're in the cheer crew and he was like yeah um we're cheering some people from I think a Dulwich running club and so we were just talking and he was like oh well you know take it easy enjoy the day and if we see you we'll cheer for you as well so I was like oh thanks so they got off and then got to London Bridge um went over to the platform and it was ramo it was so rammed and I was like I started to panic I was like I'm not going to be able to get on the train there's people everywhere there's going to be an accident and you know sometimes you have all these irrational thoughts it's nothing to do with what's going on but you see a certain situation and then everything's wild and out of proportion and I just stood there and I was like right okay this isn't the last train. There will be another train after this and you will get there in time. So just chill out. But at the same time, I was like, people move. <laughs> so I, I jogged down to the end of the platform where it was a bit clearer. And also I'm being mindful for the, of the fact that no one was wearing masks and like people just chatting all over the place. Oh, really? Yeah, on the platform. Oh. People were just out there, you know. Um, yeah, I had my, my bus. Well, listen, I had my bus <laughs> around my neck, so I pulled it up and I was feeling so anxious. I like literally wanted to pull it over my eyes as well. But then I was like, silly Billy, you won't be able to see. So I got on and I was like, just calm down. So as you do, I just got talking to people and it was really lovely. And that sort of calmed me down. Um, got off at Greenwich and it was a good walk and like walking up the hill into the park was like a massive warm up because I was thinking oh my gosh this is a lot so I got into um, Red Zone and I was wave 16 so yeah can I there. just chime in yes how was the toilet situation oh well the queue was so long. Was it Portaloos? Yes. Okay. I'm only <laughs> I'm only asking. Yeah. I think I've mentioned this before actually. Right. Because so obviously I've done this twice. Mm -hmm. The first time I went to use the toilet, it was Portaloo. Mm. And then when I came out, I broke mine out and I just took that as a sign that it was gonna be like hell. Oh no. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be a bad day. It's gonna be a bad day. Um <laughs> And then the second time, it was um, just like an enclosure. It wasn't toilets. And the woman, I can't remember if it was a woman or a man, um, gave us like this 
thing. And it's like, oh yeah, it's to pee. And what? I was like, oh, okay. And I didn't really understand. But then I just looked around and saw all these bums out. Oh. <laughs> like, okay, I guess we're just going to have to show our bums and get our fannies out. So we'll have a little wee there. So what was it, a she wee? I think it was like a she pee, like a cardboard thing. It was like a cardboard thing. Wow. And then you just like threw it in this bin thing. <laughs> <laughs> so it was just like I was just no. I felt like I lost all of my dignity in that moment because I was like oh my god like everyone's got their like naked ponchos bums. with their bums like hanging out the bottom <laughs> there's nothing to unify a group of people like you know a race you see all sorts just sort you of like everything getting stuff out so yeah I just wanted to check in because I didn't actually that actually what the toilet situation was like well they did have urinals for the guys um yeah, and then they had those portaloos, and I was standing there. No, actually, I was looking for the end of the queue, and it was just going on and on and on. And I was just like, oh no, by the time I get to the front, it's going to be time to go. So, this really nice lady came up to me, and she was like, oh, don't stand here, go over there. And I was thinking, what, go in the bush? So, I looked at her, and she said, the toilets, there's some over there and there's only like five people in the queue. So I was like, oh, thank you so much. And then the person in front of me heard and then the person in front of them heard. So I God. run off. Then these people are running behind me. <laughs> oh, God. So found these loos and she was right. There was only like five or six people there. Probably with good reason because uh. I'm standing there and the woman in front of me goes in. She comes straight out again. And she was like, um, that's not a good one to go in. So I was like, okay, cool. Mm. So she waited for another one to be free and went in. And then I, it was my turn. I went in and I'm so glad I had my buff around my nose. Mm. That's all I could say. All I needed was some fixed vapor rub to put in my nostrils because it was wild in there. It was wild. And I didn't feel well. Well, do you know what? It's so it funny because awful. I'm just like, <laughs> now that I think about like the state of like the portalies, like mm. I'm like, give me the sheepy any day, yeah, because at least like I'm out in the open, the air is fresh. Yeah. Like I don't, I'm not enclosed with someone's nasty poopies and mess everywhere. Yeah, it was like, rank. yeah, I feel like, the sheepy bum hanging out situation. Yeah, I would like to try sheepy bum situation because <laughs> going in there was wild and I had my buff up and it was still wild. And I just felt all type of sick when I came out. And they had these stands where you could, um, you pressed it with your foot to get water and then you got the foam to like to wash, wash your hands. Yeah. But I had my sanitizer in my little pack as well. And wipes as well. And tissue as, as well. well. Because I don't like all these things and touching and germs and things. So, um, yeah. Use the loo. Went and done some stretches. Um, internet connection. Very, very difficult because I was trying to get some content. And obviously the signal was really, really bad. Nothing was going through to Vinny. Um, because I wanted to document my experience um, I did have, uh, what do you call it? An extra battery pack thing, but I left it at home because I didn't want to carry around so much stuff. So I thought, 
I'll charge up my phone, um, get it to 100%, obviously, take some footage, turn my phone off, and then when things get tough, then I'll put my music on and, you know, put my phone on, etc., etc. So I did stick to that. Um, I went off, so the, the wave came up and we clapped for all the waves that went before us. Then it was our turn, sort of turned left, and literally it was just over the mat and it was time to go. Um, How did you feel at that moment? At that moment, I felt, it's funny, I just felt a real sense of calm. And it was like, right, now nah, you've got a job to do, just get it done. Just do it. Yeah, I forgot to mention, I met this lovely girl um, while I was standing in the pen um, called Charlotte. She was French. She'd got a place through her her work and she was running for NSPCC. And she said it was her first marathon and she was really, really nervous. And I don't know, sometimes you like click with a person and we were just talking and it was so lovely. And... She stuck with me and I really felt like, oh, I'm going to look after her a bit. And sometimes when you help someone else, you help yourself because the temptation is with probably runners or whoever always have this thing. When you get over the mat, you just want to pelt it. You just want to leg it. And I held myself back because of her um, because I wanted to look after her a bit and, you know, get as far as I could and then maybe take off or who knows she might have felt strong and took off and left me but no (laughs) but in helping her I helped myself because my main thing was keeping my pace and keeping strong and having enough fuel in the tank to get me over the line it's a long distance you've got to respect it and I wanted to hold back So it was really nice going at a really nice, even pace, talking to her. I checked in with her. How do you feel? And she was like, oh, if you need to go. I said, no, I'm going to stick it out with you. We're going to do this. And she was like, yeah, I'm strong. I can do this. I said, of course you can. We're going to do this. We're all going to do this. So we kept running along at a really nice pace. It was lovely. We could talk. And at a couple of points, she said she wanted to walk. So I said, "Okay, fine. So I ran ahead and like every so often I'd put my hand in the air and she's like, I'm here, Natalie, I'm here. Uh-huh. So I was like, okay, hand. So I put my hand down and I keep running. And then I slowed down quite a bit and she caught up with me. Then she got a stitch, so she fell back a bit. And then I turned and I couldn't see her and I put my hand up again and she's like, I'm here, I'm here. So I was like, okay, cool. So we ran together up to about five miles, I think. And then I turned and I couldn't see her again. And I just felt really bad. But then I thought, it's one of those things that you've got to find something within yourself. Like we're all running our own race. And ideally, I would have loved to stick with her 
But I thought, you know, I have to keep moving as well. So every so often I would still put my hands up just in case she was around because she kept saying to me, I'm so glad I met you. Oh, thank you for sticking with me. Yeah. And that really sat in my heart, you know. Mm. So I really felt that. Because it is scary. It's it's nerve wracking. It is scary. It's yeah like to think what you're gonna do I don't think I mean running any distance Mm. is like a big deal but I think when it starts getting into like half marathon marathon territory where it's like not everyone would dip their toe into it and like you're doing even whether you're a runner or not it's something extraordinary yeah so it it feels so big and it is so big. So yeah, like it, it's nice to have someone who it feels like they're looking after you or they can put you at ease a little bit and stuff. So that was yeah. really nice for you to do. Yeah, I felt that I had to do, because my thing in life is to always pay something forward. So like, for instance, going back to the expo, when I was at the expo, um, they encourage you, you know, not to come with everybody because, you know, we're the pandemic is still on. Um, thankfully, numbers are decreasing, but it's still there. We have to be mindful of that. So I went down there on my own and I was struggling to do like a selfie. And this woman came over. She said, do you want me to take your picture? So I was like, thank you so much. So she took my picture and she was getting me to pose and all this stuff. And I felt really silly, but it was really sweet. So she gave me my phone back and then... I turned to leave and I saw another woman by herself struggling with all her stuff and struggling to try and take a selfie. So I said, you know what? I have to pay it forward. Someone was kind to me. I have to be kind to someone else. So I went up to her and I was like, oh, do you want me to take your picture? And she was like, oh, yes, please. So I styled her up. I was like, stand over there, do this, do that. I taught you well. You taught me well. And the pictures look really good. So that was just me paying it forward. So back to the race I wanted to help Charlotte as much as I could so at one point sadly um we split and I just didn't see her and I you know I held it in my heart I I hope she's gonna do this I hope she's gonna do it so everything went along quite smoothly but it was always in the back of my mind that the pain is gonna come the difficulty is gonna come you're feeling good now, you're feeling fine, but it's gonna come. So I tried to put that to the back of my head and I was like, okay, you deal with that when it comes. Um, so I just kept going. I maintained my own pace, smiled at people, you know, had quick chats with people. Um, and my time was fine, even though I shouldn't really focus on the time. Well, you're uh, jumping ahead here a little bit. Yeah. Let's slow it down. Okay. You've left Charlotte. Yeah. You get to quite an iconic part of the race, mm-hmm. which is Tower Bridge, which is also halfway. How are you feeling at this point? Great. Great. I got to the Cutty Sark. I was feeling great. Um, and someone shouted out, oh, there's cameras. So I was like, oh, I better sort myself out. So Cutty Sark is mm. about 10K in, I believe. I think so, around that. So about six miles, 10K in. So I was feeling and good. And Tower Bridge is half marathon, 13 miles or yes, so. Yes, just, yeah. Ish. Ish. 
Okay, cool. So, so I... when um, you've passed there, you're feeling good. Yeah. When does it start to hit? When did the wheels come off? Well, I got to... I've got this thing about mile 18. Mm-hmm. Because you're getting there. You're, you're aiming for that 20. Because when you get to 20, it's on. You're thinking, okay. It's like there's a 10K. You can do this. You do it all the time. But 18 is kind of like that point where if you look behind you, you've got so many miles behind you. But if you look forward, you've still got quite a bit to do. And the first hurdle is getting over to 20. And that bit between 18 and 20, I mean, it's only two miles. But those two miles literally just wipe the floor with me I guess that's my wall the wheels were coming off so I went to the toilet yeah regrouped and I walked for a bit and I thought okay 20s coming but then I'm like run the mile you're in stay in the mile you're in you know looking forward is good but it's just one foot in front of the other one foot in front of the other and I had to keep telling myself that And then by the time I looked up, mile 20 was there. And then I started a little trot. And then I was like, no, we're getting to like a water station. I'm going to walk for a bit. So I took my little walk break. And I see this guy. And I'm like, he looks like someone I know. But I wear glasses. Well, I'm supposed to. You don't wear glasses. I don't wear glasses, (laughs) but I should wear (laughs) glasses. I wear them when I drive. Because obviously it's a safety aspect, okay? But and then just abandon them at every other yeah. time you should be wearing them. But anyway. Do you know what? It's not everything you want to see in it because some things are ugly. So you just walk around without your glasses and then right. happy days. So, yeah. I'm like, I know that guy. And I was like, <laughs> he looks like, do you know that film? I know what you did last summer. You know the big trench coat where they <laughs> they knocked that man down and he's wearing that hat. This person had that long coat on, the long black coat. <laughs> that I know what you did last summer coat. Yeah, that I know what you did last summer coat. It's actually an Nike trench waterproof something. But anyway. Yeah, from I know what you did last <laughs> summer. <laughs> so I was like, I don't know anyone who wears like a murderer's coat like that. Because, you know, the guy at the end, like, they run the guy over and then he comes back and kills everyone. So, (laughs) I was like, I don't know anyone that would wear a coat like that. And I was like, oh, right, it's my brother-in-law. It's Andre. Hi! Hi! Hi!" And I was like, hello! (laughs) And he's like, all right, Nat. (laughs) And he's grinning at me. And I'm like, I'm so glad to see you. Where's my sister? Is she going to cuss me for taking long? And he was like, no, she's just up there. So he ran off up um, the pavement. So I started running. I was like, okay. So, you know, I got my momentum going. and I kept going, kept going. And this girl, <laughs> who is my sister, just jumps out and went, Natalie. And literally, I lost my mess. Oh, my God. <laughs> I went, <laughs> You always did this scream. Ah. Yeah, because it that's my mental distress scream, literally. <laughs> Because I was just 
the emotion was just raw. It's like, I felt like I hadn't seen anyone I knew for about a year. And that's Mm. the emotional pull that the marathon has. It's something, there's something in the pain. There's something in the community. There's something about it that the toughest person will cry, will feel something. And I think that's part of the appeal of it. Amongst all the pain and suffering isn't a word to use lightly because there are people that suffer. But the kind of struggle, if you like, that you have, the challenge, the mental focus you've got to have. It's a challenge that is not, only just physical yes it's mental it's as mental well so yes but that's also why um i feel like it's so important to support an event like this yeah um and i guess as someone who's run it and um i'm not gonna say not had the support of my family because that's not true mm. well i did come and see you but and I was like six months pregnant. I think I was like waddling through the well, crowd. I, I didn't see you guys. I didn't see you till the very end. Yeah. But like, it makes such a difference. Like when you see your people. Yes. And it is just like that little lift, that little gust of wind that you need, which is, I say that actually, it's so funny because the, the t- couple times that I've run past mile 21, when I've done it, Mm. I've got to like mile 22 and I'm like oh god I need that again (laughs) yeah (laughs) it really like lifts you in that moment so true and it gives you like another almost like another lifeline yeah but just like a battery it kind of goes down a bit and you're like I need it again I need it again so that's why it's so important like if you do have any any friends or anyone that you know even if you don't know people like I think people just appreciate just people will like wanting them to do well. Yeah. And just like cheering them and clapping them on. Cause there are parts of the marathon. And I think even you might've experienced it maybe even a little bit more with the reduced crowds and stuff in mm. certain areas where it's pretty dead. Yeah. And in that kind of deathly silence where there's, there's no hype, there's no cheering, there's not even no music. Mm-hmm. It's, it's literally just you and your pain. Yeah, literally. <laughs> it's pain so, pain. It's so hard. And those are the moments where you really like have to chat to yourself. Yeah. Because what's, <laughs> yeah, what are the chat options? Chat to yourself for real. What are the options? <laughs> you either DNF, you don't finish and you just sit in a St. John's ambulance mm. or you have to be the person to give yourself the pep talk and be like, you do. bitch, if you don't move, if you don't move in this place right here, right now, mm-hmm. because you either move or you don't. Yeah. Like those are literally your options and it's down to you and your willpower and whatever strength you have left in your body to get yourself to move. That's the only way you're going to do it. That's it. No one's coming to save you. No babes. one's coming to save you. So you got to save so yourself. Then when you have that person that is like, oh my God, like, I'm here for you. Yeah. Like, oh, that's the lift that it gives you. Anyway, sorry, I'm taking over. It's not well, my show today. No, no, it's fine. Let's go. Because it's like a, a shared experience and it goes to show that everybody feels it because it. after I was doing like a mental debrief on the Monday, it made me think of the height of the pandemic where you couldn't see your friends and your loved ones. And then 
being able to meet them and seeing their faces and seeing them in the flesh, it made you go wild. And <laughs> so when I saw you, I went wild and like, I think I attacked you. Like I just threw my sweaty armpits all over your nice new coat. And I was like, I love you. Oh God. <laughs> the pictures are wild. I've got my mouth open and everything <laughs> looking all types of crazy but it was just the raw emotion that just came out and then I was like okay gotta go gotta go bye so you've left this point now mm-hmm. how is it after so t- mile 21 yeah you've got another five or so miles to go so just under a 10k how are you feeling now well, so like you said, the lift came and you wish you had it again. Um, I really needed it because after that, I just felt like a battery going flat. So there were points along the course where to backtrack, um, there were areas where there were hardly any spectators and it was literally people looking out their windows of their flats and houses, waving at us Um So at those points, I had my music in, but I kept it at quite a low level so I could focus on my breathing and focus on, you know, my body parts and everything. And then, like, mile 21, 22, like, after I'd seen you and the wheels are really coming off, I just turned up my music really, really loud. And I listened to some, like, 90s rap, some stuff that would, like, really fire me up you know stuff like the prodigy um dance music anything that would just like fire me up keep me going um and then I felt my energy going down so I had to have a couple of Percy Pigs they're my favorite they also do a vegan one but I find that I think because they're they take, is it the gelatin or something out? It gets stuck in my teeth. And I thought, nah, I can't be dealing with that. So I got the regular ones with the gelatin. Mm. But um, yeah, so I had a couple of Percy pigs and that gave me a bit of a pep, a bit of an, you know, energy boost, um, as well as my music. So I kept going, kept going. And then my toes felt a little bit funny. And I thought, oh, them blisters are gonna be beautiful (laughs) i can feel them it's the worst feeling when you can just feel them brewing yes it's like every step you take is just like an an extra bit of like friction yes that is contributing to like the mountain that is going to be there once you take your socks yes yes (laughs) and i did have to walk so mile 22 two to 24 I did have to walk because I could feel them throbbing I could feel them rubbing up against my trainers I said lord so I had to walk and then you know I started talking to a few people and we're like yeah we can do this we've got this and then suddenly the miles just came up came up came up and I was at mile 25 and I was like oh Oh my gosh, I can't believe this. There's not long to go. And people in the crowd, because the crowd was quite thicker at you know, at this point, because mm. we're near the finish line. And people are like, You've got I don't know, less than a mile to go. You can do it. 
and I broke down. I just started crying. Uh, is it? You didn't yeah, tell me this. I know. I thought I'd save it for today. Oh, you gosh. know. I just started crying and I was like, I can't believe this. Like, I just can't believe this. Like, I've done this before, but I always get attacked with doubt. I can't do this. I'm too big. I'm too old. I'm too whatever. And I was like, but look at the miles behind you. Don't turn back, but look back figuratively like in your head. All those miles are behind you. You've just got one mile to go. You you walk a mile to the train station, like when you're going to work. You can do this. Walk, crawl or run. You're going to do it. So I was like, right, okay, I am going to do it. So I think with about maybe 600 metres to go, I thought I'm going to run the rest of this because my thing is don't walk over the line. You've got to run over the line. So I kept going in some kind of lopsided fashion and then I had to (laughs) stop and then it was like 200 metres and I was like, I think I can run this. And then you come round and you see the finish line and I was like, I'm not walking to it. I'm running towards my goal. So I literally just pegged it down. And I think there was this man next to me. He was like dressed as a banana or something. And I was like, well, banana man's not getting me. Not today. So literally, I just took off. <laughs> and I ran. And you left banana man. Yeah. You left banana man. Yeah. Oh, poor banana man. I know. Cause oh, I was looking for a friend man. to like come over the line together. But then, I don't know. I'm not a very competitive person. But something in me said like, no, not today. Not today. Banana. Go. (laughs) So I just ran as fast as my legs could carry me. And I went over the line and put my arms in the air. And I was like, yeah. And then I broke down again. And then the man put the little foil blanket around me. He was like, you've done so well. And I was like, (laughs) I was a state. Absolute mess. (laughs) My feet. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, my gosh the pain this has been the most painful one oh really yeah but it's been the quickest oh, mm. but yeah so the walk to get your bags was a mission of mercy like i said to one of the ambulance men excuse me can you give me a lift and he was like, where are you going? I said, I need to pick up my bag, but this is far. Like, my bag's in one, nine, whatever. And I'm at, I'm at like, 40. That means I've got to go all the way down there. Could you put on a bus? <laughs> and he started laughing and he was like, the time it would take me to get down here, you're better off walking. And I was like, if I collapse, can you just put me in the ambulance and then just drive me down the bus? <laughs> my energy was... so depleted like emotionally physically mentally it was just all gone like I didn't even know my name it was I was just empty so I got my bag and um I got a text from you and it's like ah I see you finished well done um come and meet me where uh wherever and I was just walking in a daze and I was asking where the exit was and I don't know where I ended up but not by the tube station because I was waiting very long station yeah like I said I was so (laughs) depleted 
And then I said, I need to get to Green Park. And the woman was like, Green Park? You've got to go all the way over there, round there, round some corner, because it's a one-way system. I said, I can't. <laughs> and but she just looked at me. <laughs> I'm thinking, but didn't they have Trafalgar Square? Wasn't Trafalgar Square open? Ain't that, what, what um, station's that? Charing Cross? Yeah. Weren't that open? Yes, but I thought, you know what, stick to the plan because, because Vinny said go here, so go there. Well, <laughs> no, I meant tell me off. meet me there, but you could have got on anywhere. I know, but... Because Charing, cause that's what I said, the one... Because I said to you, aren't you by Trafalgar Square? And you was like, oh, no, I'm by Green Park. So I was like, oh, we'll go there then. I wasn't. But if... <laughs> <laughs> you really weren't by Green Park. Listen, you I literally was a walked mess. like I did an ultra that day. I tell you, yeah, pretty much with all that walking. Yeah, so I got oh to a God. point I was losing it. So I sat on a park bench, and I sat down and I went shit. <laughs> and this man heard me. I was like, and he was walking with his kids. One probably about eight, and the other one was about thirteen. I was like, oh, I'm so sorry. And he was like. Are you all right? And I was like, <laughs> no. <laughs> so the little girl goes, my mum ran the marathon as well. So I was like, oh, that's really good. How did she get on? Uh, she didn't die. Oh, <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> you're so cute. <laughs> she just made me laugh. I was like, wow, that's good that she didn't die. Um, so I hope you're going to look after her. And she was like, mm, yeah. So I said, are you going to make her dinner? And she said, well, we made her a sign as if that's enough. <laughs> and I was like, oh, that's so nice. I'm sure she, she appreciated that. She can just that. eat that once she meets yeah, you. Yeah, eat paper. So I was like, oh, that's good that you made her a sign. But I hope you're going to make her some dinner as well. Because it is very hard running a marathon, you know. And she was like, mm, yeah, we're just going to have a takeaway. And I was like, you know what? Me too. Yeah. <laughs> so I, you know, sat there chatting to them for a while and then they headed off to go and see mum. So, yeah, I just tried to find my way out of the park and people were coming up to me and saying, hi, well done, and giving me high fives and stuff. One man Eel offered corona. me some of his drink. Ill Corona. I, I totally forgot about it. One man just come up and was like, high five. I was like, hey, well done. You smashed it out of the park. And oh. I was like, Ugh. and then afterwards I thought, Oh. <laughs> but luckily I had my hand sanitization so sanitization. I just sanitization yeah so that's um, it London Marathon complete yeah um, I do it again absolutely what do you mean you entered the ballot of course <laughs> please let us know if you've entered the ballot yeah for next year know. it's gonna be in October and actually I I, I quite like this October feel although people that are running the majors may disagree but in terms of like your training and yeah. stuff like that I just feel like it's a nicer time to be training throughout like spring or like even yeah. a little bit of winter but mainly spring and where the weather weather's a bit nicer I think it's all right and I'll tell you why because you can never predict the weather. I mean, mm -mm. we've had times in April where it's been so hot. Do you remember that year people were dropping like flies? Yeah. Like, and you kind of train through the winter for that. But for this, like I trained through the summer and I don't know, it teaches you a whole level of 
of coping even though the weather is different but I think that this is a good shout but if you are doing all the majors like I am aiming to do that is my ultimate goal basically um it's tricky because Berlin was two weeks ago Mm -hmm. then London Chicago is next week Boston I think it's in a couple of weeks. So if you are aiming to do the majors, I think it could get a bit tricky um, because I got the ballot for Chicago and obviously had to defer and everything because of the pandemic. Um, Next year, I believe, or 2023, is the cutoff point. So I can't run it after that. So I have to do it next year. But let's just say I get into London. Chicago would be the week after. Mm. (laughs) So I'd be doing like two marathons in the space of what a week. Um. (laughs) Wow. How how you're feeling now? Do you think you can handle another marathon on Sunday? (laughs) Oh, yeah, because you know what? Remember I did it. I had Loch Ness. And then New York was the following week. Was it the following week? I think so. Or two weeks. But having said that, I really, really pushed hard in this race. So feeling how I feel now, if I'd have just done this one and then have to get on a plane for Chicago the following week, I'd probably have to go business class because I need to stretch out my legs because I am tore up from the floor up. (laughs) (laughs) my feet are just missing everything is missing yeah so there you have it oh and one other thing I forgot to talk about I think it was about mile six or seven I got a bit of chafing I really need to invest in some um run to wear or something. Did if you not saliva yourself with Vaseline? I put Suda cream on like a baby. I put it all over myself. <laughs> so I looked very grey when I'm t- <laughs> underneath <laughs> my clothes. Everything, my body was grey. So I put that all over myself. But obviously with the sweating and everything, it kind of went all weird and sticky. And... I was running along and I saw the ambulance and I was like, oh, have you got any? And he stuck his hand out. And I was like, yes, Vaseline. So I scraped it off his hands and I was like, but how am I going to put it on? Like, So I said, do you mind? Can I get in the back of your ambulance? And he was like, all right, go on. <laughs> so I went around there when there was another man around there. He was like, oh, hello, do you need some help? I was like, no, but I need some privacy. <laughs> Can I get in the ambulance? Because I'm just going to put my hand down my face funny yeah so it was like no problem so I jumped in the (laughs) back and he shut the door and I literally just shoved me hand down there and like greased me oh god (laughs) yeah the chafing was real like somebody needs to send me or recommend for me some seamless underwear because I need it so yeah I sorted myself out and I said to the woman oh thank you so much because Literally, I think I would have needed a skin graft down there because <laughs> everything would have rubbed off. But 
I have to say special shout out to the volunteers, to all the ambulance people. They were absolutely amazing. They they were just so wonderful. The fact that people give up their time for free to come and help others was, you know, that's something special. And I think maybe me paying it forward in some way is volunteering at a race. I've I've done it before. And I found it to be really, really rewarding. So if I don't get the ballot, maybe I'll go in as a volunteer. So, yeah. Amazing. London Marathon um, 2021. Really quickly. Yes. Um. So now you've done the virtual, now you've done the real. Yeah. What do you prefer? The real one. The real one. Yeah. definitely London turned it out I mean I have to say quickly obviously like I said London are born and bred I wanted to kind of be cheeky and compare it to New York because New York know how to party they turned it out the way they went on was just it was something else like I'd never seen before I couldn't compare London truthfully because the pandemic really put the spanner in the works because we were advised not to bring more than one spectator. So I think that numbers were definitely reduced because of that, because as I said, there were points where there were no spectators at all. So I can't compare it, but it was brilliant. And I think when things are sort of quote unquote back to normal again, I just think it's just going to be a wonderful experience that, you know, everyone should try, whether through ballot or charity place, you know, however you can get in. It's a wonderful experience. And I had a ball and now I'm paying for it because I'm very tired and my legs hurt. Lovely. Yeah. So, yeah, that is my recap amazing social media handle at relatively fit pod on the insta holler at your girls yeah say hi drop us a message yeah if you have indeed entered the ballot let us know yes keep us updated with the progress if you get in or if you don't i love seeing like um they're like you're in or they're sorry magazines that people post yeah it's kind of like christmas yeah like you know, like sometimes when you open Instagram, you see what people are eating for Christmas dinner. <laughs> and you're just like, oh, that food don't look too right. But, mm. you know, let's just keep it moving. Happy yeah. Christmas. <laughs> or you can be like, ooh, a little bit jealous of your plate. Yeah. It's kind of the same. It's like, oh, God, they're in. Oh, look yeah. at them just showing off. And I'm just here with like my measly sorry magazine. Yeah. I've um, been trying for 15 years. I've been years. trying for like 15 years. But yeah, keep us updated. Holler at us. Chat with us because we yeah. love good chat. Until next time. And thank you all for all the lovely messages. Like, I just felt so much love from people, some people that I'd never even met. You know, thank you all so much. Um, Yeah, love to you all. Thank you. Peace. Bye. Bye.